I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12 Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12. And the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News Report. Rob and... Um, and the president. We'll just say the president. Yeah, Joe Biden's down. Nextiva helps companies all over the Pac-12 stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, awesome Bill Walton commercials, and more, all for the fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Like a boss. Visit Nextiva.com forward slash 12-pack. Nextiva.com forward slash 12-pack to get started. Nextiva. Where all your dreams come true. Oh, Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your world famous two-time champs and feel the power. It's a new day. Yes, it is. For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta-ranked college football statistical model, and your home for Pac-12 gambling advice with William Hills, Max Meyer. Thank you for joining us. We are live in the next devious studios where clothing is optional, and I am very excited about today because, Rob, the friggin' Pac-12 schedule came out, and we have a chance to take a look at it, and this is kind of like the beginning of the beginning of the offseason. How are you? I'm, I'm I'm pumped. Like I got to go through, and like of course the the folks that uh, do business with to purchase the data did not have the schedule file ready, so I manually put together the, the Pac-12 schedule. I mean, I've like manually put together the expected wins and everything, but it was it was fun. I was excited to go through it. This is, I mean, I, I think fans, of course, you you tend to you know we're most concerned, of course, with wins and losses, um, you know, but like. You know, it's almost always a, you know, and, and you know, a lot of fans will look at a team and say like, oh, the team with the most wins is obviously the best team. We, of course, use a slightly different measure of, you know, advanced stats to try to figure that out. But um, it's almost always some combination of like how good you are and the actual difficulty of your schedule that, you know, leads to to your wins and losses. So I'm, I'm always interested to see this, particularly for college football, because strength of schedule can vary so much. Uh, in college football, even within a conference, right? Like, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit with some of the misses, right? Like, um, you know, this this is always intriguing to actually see. Um, once you've laid out what you, how good you expect the teams to be, then you overlay that schedule file on it, and then you really start to get an idea of the, how the season projects out. Absolutely. And this is a Sharp College Football podcast. So if you're interested in how your team matches up in terms of it, the strength of its schedule and the strength of the schedules of the people that are playing it as the season rolls along, 
that's where you're going to want to go. Um, Rob has a ton of stuff up there and really looks at every team from so many different angles using advanced metrics. And of course, they're a really good starting point to talk about when we're breaking down what we expect in the coming season. And I think we'll have an actual real season. Now, one thing to mention before we start is we're going to talk solely about Pac-12 uh, schedules and Pac-12 games. We're going to we're going to save the uh, the non-conference games for another time because I think those are a whole different conversation. We can really dive into the advanced metrics of some of the teams that uh, that our Pac-12 conference teams are going to be playing outside of the Pac-12. Um, it is really fascinating. Obviously, like Oregon has Ohio State, and um, there's just a lot of really like premier games, and I just think it, it'll take some time to sort through those in a good way. So bear with us. We're going to continue doing those things here, Rob. Um, anything else you want to talk about, like, you know, just general throat clearing here before we get into the the standings and um, and some of the schedules here? So I, I do want to just throw out there, like, this is an expected win total. Um, so that takes into account, you know, the, um, you know, like a problem, like, so this is an additive of like, you add up the probabilities, you know, in each given game and because they're between zero and one, um, you can add it up and sort of get an expected, you know, win total for each team. Um, you know, you can end up with like, if a team is so bad versus their competition, um, you know, like the, the model might say like, oh, they're likely to win. Like, I mean, let's take Arizona, for example, they're likely to win roughly one game. Um, I don't know which game it's going to be like, if they win a game, it's going to be a total upset. Right. Um, but the flip side of it too, is like, once you start getting out to the teams that are very, very good, they're going to have something less than like, I mean, the model is going to give, like, if you added it up across like the nine games, uh, right. That they play. And let's say they had like a 90% win probability across those nine games, their expected win total would only be 8.1. But we would really, you, at that point, like you're really, they're likely to go unbeated, right? Like at, at that point is basically what the model in some ways is projecting. So um, this is useful though and interesting when you compare it against what Vegas, the expected Vegas win totals are. Um, and I always try to, uh, as we talked about on the last pod, um, you know, like uh, in a normal season, I'll try to review where beta ranks expected order finish, you know, did compared to the actual order finish, order of finish by conferences and by divisions um, to sort of test out how the to, to measure out how the preseason model did. Okay, we'll definitely do that. Hey, one thing before we start, um, and thanks the number of reviews that we've received. Um, I think we got like ten already in the off season. So if you haven't written a review yet of the podcast, that would be the one request that we have. We're doing all of these shows in the off season. It takes a lot of time to do that. So if you enjoy the podcast and um, and want to help out, you don't even have to actually write a review. Just give us five stars and then just you can move on. You just do that through Apple Podcasts. Scroll all the way down. The one thing I need to do, Rob, is I, I've listed every one of our podcasts for like the last three years. So it is it is a long scroll. Um, uh, but if you want to, you know, to view some of the hits from the past, you can definitely do that. And we'd certainly appreciate the review. One, one, one person brought up that the only complaint I have is when Rob uh, dogs Colorado, uh, no matter what. <laughs> so <laughs> calm down, Rob, on, on the Colorado. <laughs> um, no, actually, I think we, we're going to speak pretty highly of Colorado in the coming year. I think the, the year that they had was quite impressive. So um, you're on notice, Rob, when it comes to our, our commentary about Colorado. I mean, the, they're, they're not, proje- I mean, like they're, they are projected to be like, you know, the, the fifth best team in the South and not like, I mean, not like a huge step down from the teams ahead of them. Like, I mean, like the, I think that's a real positive for where Durrell has them in year two. And I, I like the defensive coordinator hire they made. Yeah. Yeah. There's, no. there's some nice things. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. That, that, that's uh, that's our spoonful of Colorado uh, highlights for uh, for the next uh, couple of months. No, no, no. We're uh, we're pretty excited about what they can do in the coming year. And I thought Carl Durrell, um, uh, you know, a really surprising uh, first year for for the Buffs. So um, we'll focus on that. And Rob, we're actually going to go through the Pac-12 South here to start. Um, so once again, this is kind of like a setup, right? Like the don't take these numbers as gospel. They're here to take a snapshot of where we think the conference is going to start. And of course, things are going to change over time and beta rank continues to get better as the season progresses. So just know that these uh, numbers are a good a good talking point to start and um, and we'll continue um, rolling through a lot of these numbers. There's just really infinite ways to be able to look at different teams uh, throughout the offseason. So without further ado, Rob, what do, what do we got here with our season win totals? There are nine conference games for each team. Um, so uh, what, are, what are the conference projections here for uh, that, that beta rank has? Yeah, and I think these are really interesting because we had talked about <clears throat> when we talked about the um, overall projections for the South that it was really a really tight four-team race at the top from the looks of it. Um, so the the expected win totals, um, number 19 ASU uh, in the preseason projection comes in with 5.89 expected wins. Um, number 16 Utah comes in at 5.86. UCLA, number 18, comes in at 5.53 expected wins. USC, which is number 24 in the preseason model, comes in at 5.35. Colorado at number 46 comes in at 2.99, so roughly three expected wins. Uh, And then there's a huge, I I joked that it was like a wily coyote drop off a cliff to uh, where Arizona is. Um, They're at number 94. Uh, Arizona's projected at 0.88 expected wins coming into the year in conference play. Okay. So we have two teams. It's real tight. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. It shows some parity too, which can be exciting for a conference, but maybe not necessarily exciting for a a college football playoff run. Um, But that's okay. That's okay. We try to cover the conference here. Um, So basically, Rob, we have two teams that beta rank projects to go six and three in conference. Where where do you want to start with them? Yeah. I mean, so let's start with Utah. And, and like, I, I'm, I'm like Utah, you know, I think they're really interesting this year. Um, you know, for the first time, I mean, they've, they've sort of had, uh, I think sort of like a little bit of like dueling going back to that year that they got, they had to play Washington twice when Washington, um, beat them both in Salt Lake. And then, in, uh, in the Pac-12 title game, I mean, Washington now rolls off their schedule. Um, you know, they have, you know, Oregon on there. Um, but for the most part, you know, the Utes are, uh, are going to be uh, in a pretty good spot, you know, in their conference. I mean, they start off with Washington State. Um, they've got a 74% win probability versus the Cougs. The Cougs are, uh, I think, a little rightly miffed. I think, I think that this is, they played Utah a few times. The, the way that the schedule quirks worked out, they had to go to, they have to go to Utah again for like the fourth time in five, the last five times that they played the Utes. <laughs> they are going to Salt Lake. <laughs> But um, then we get, uh, you know, then then they get USC. Utah does project better than USC coming into this year. Uh, so they've got a 63% win probability there. Um, then they get Arizona State, you know, and, and this game's, you know, in Salt Lake. They've got a 52% win probability in this game. Like what, what is interesting really is like you, we, when you start looking at these games, like that game against USC, you know, like USC might need one turnover. They might just need to be play really well to win that game. But like some of these games, like that Arizona State game with a 50% win probability, um, you know, the, the game two weeks later, you know, where they get UCLA at the end of 
October, that's a 50% win probability. Um, you know, Oregon State, 74% sort of sandwiched in between. Um, but like, with, I think when you're going through the, the, like this, this Utah schedule, um, you know, like for them, it, it, they've actually got it pretty balanced. Like their, their tough games are sort of spread out. Cause after that UCLA game, they get Stanford. They've got a, the, the, the model is not super high on the Cardinal, uh, 78% win probability there. Um, and that's, you know, at Palo Alto, but you know, that's not the hardest place to play in the conference. Um, then they get at Arizona, 93% win probability in that game. Um, before getting, they get Oregon at home, um, before Colorado, but, uh, they will have had at that point, like, uh, you know, at least two, two like very winnable games right ahead of the ducks. They only have a 26% win probably probability against Oregon. Oregon really projects as the best team in the conference. Um, and then, you know, uh, they get to finish with Colorado. They've got roughly a 76% win probability there. So, I mean, other than, I mean, really the only game they're not either a favorite or a toss up in, if you're a Utah fan, uh, is this, is the game against Oregon. And then, you know, I, I think what's really going to decide, uh, the PAC 12 South in a lot of cases is, is the head to head of right. Like against Arizona state against UCLA and against USC. Yeah. When I took a look at the schedule, if I'm a Ute fan, I'm, I'm happy. I think this is a good, um, you should, you should be happy with the schedule that, that you have. Not a ton of crazy spots. The one thing to keep in mind, though, Rob, is that bye that they have is pretty early. So they oh, have yeah. the, the game at home against Wazoo, and then they have a bye. And then they, I mean, they have, like, what, eight, yeah, eight games in a row without a bye. That, that's the one hiccup if you're a Utah fan because um, as somebody whose team had a very early bye a few years ago, those injuries pile up. And if they're key injuries, then, I mean, you could be stumbling into an Oregon game or even a Colorado game um, with, with some injuries that, that could be detrimental to Utah. I mean, Beta Rank basically has Utah at the top of the, the Pac-12 South. It's a, it's a close race, but they are uh, right there in the middle of it. Um, so j- just one thing to keep in mind when it comes to whether you're betting on Utah or if you're a Utah fan, um, just to kind of, you know, set expectations early because there's certainly going to be some injuries headed into some of those games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I think that it is an interesting setup for them. I think that they're going to have, um, you know, a real, a, a, you know, really a potentially tough, you know, set of matchups, but I, I like the, down the, down the, down the stretch, right? Like there's some space. Uh, as you said, between or I said, between some of their you know their tough games, but they're all, all right in a row, right? So like any any injuries, there's going to be no recovery time for them. Yeah, and, and uh, you know we mentioned not going into the the non conference games. We won't go through all of them, but man, if if they project out at six and three, I mean Utah's Weber State and San Diego State. I mean now we're we're looking at you know seven or eight or eight wins, uh, possibly nine. They, I mean they, <laughs> yeah, they own BYU. Better, better got them at, at eight point five. I was gonna say they, the Utah fans are gonna be so mad that I that I didn't include BYU as like an automatic win. They've just which which it kind of has been over the over the years. So um, I mean that, that's a that's a pretty good season, and um, they certainly like we mentioned in our last podcast we were going through um, the beta rank projections just uh, in general, uh, bringing in some interesting talent at the transfer portal. So they have some interesting uh, wide receivers, some interesting running backs, and of course the defense should always be solid. So um, overall, shoot, if you're a Utah fan, I, I take this and I, I'm excited for the coming season. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think that there's a lot to look forward to for, for, the, for the youth. And we talked about, I mean, like we really expect the defense and special teams to be really solid again. Um, you know, it's, it is a question of like, man, like who's a quarterback and, and how does it work? 
<laughs> well, speaking of, um, uh, well, I wouldn't say speaking of good schedules. This is the exact opposite. Let, let's uh, keep these in pairs here. So we're going to go the mountain schools and we'll do the uh, Arizona schools and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> Colorado, man, my goodness, uh, not the greatest schedule. I wouldn't be as happy if uh, I were a Colorado fan as if I were a Utah fan. Um, at ASU to start, SEC, they have an early buy. And then at Cal, at Oregon, at UCLA, uh, UW at home. And then they have that Utah game. And I just wrote in, in big parentheses, oh no, <laughs> because um, I really yeah. liked some of the momentum that Darrell had with this program. Now, obviously, it was a shortened year, and um, they, they had some schedule quirks, but really projected and played better than we had anticipated. Um, although, like, I would say, w- like, myself and Hithliday were a little higher on Colorado going into the year, and I think how they finished was better than my expectations, but I did think that there was some stuff there. Um, you know, whether or not they're going to continue that, this might be a, a season where Colorado is actually a better team the next year, but the record doesn't show it, Rob. No, I agree. I mean, and that might be right. I think this last year, Colorado's record was maybe better than the Buffs were. I think that this year, it could be right. It could be very much the opposite. I mean, it's, it's a it's a rough, like, we're not going to get into the, the non-con, but, I mean, Texas A&M and then, I mean, Minnesota, that, that's, that's a rough start, you know, you know, to get them both. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're going to be favored, um, you know, considerably, um, you know, against Arizona. Uh, but other than that, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're going to be, you know, underdogs with, you know, uh, in, in most of the rest of their games, um, you know, with a real toss up projected against Oregon state, you know, um, you know, the, and it does, I think in particular, um, you know, the, the opening part of, of their schedule could be very hard. Right. And that's where you worry about like, where do they come into, um, you know, into that bye week, which is, as you said, like an early bye, um, you know, or they've got, uh, you know, a 26% chance to beat Arizona state, a, you know, a 30% chance to beat, you know, USC, um, you know, then they maybe get their confidence back a little bit because they get Arizona, um, you know, Cal's very beatable for them. You know, they've got a 37% chance to beat California. I mean, you get one turnover, you can absolutely get that game, but then, I mean, they in Arizona get both Oregon and Washington this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they get, you know, you get Oregon state, you know, that's a toss up game in, in the model, but UCLA looked really good. You know, I mean like minus just an insane number of turnovers last year, there was a lot of improvement that you like coming in, you know, in last year for the Bruins, they bring back a ton. Um, you know, the Bruins look to have, um, you know, a 76% win probability. So the buffs, you know, they're, they're going to be underdogs in that game. They might need to, they might need as many turnovers as UCLA gifted them last year to win. Um, and then you get Washington and then Utah. I mean, I think that's the tough thing is like, they could really, you know, start out the season rough um, and then finish the season pretty rough with UCLA, Washington, and Utah. Yeah, they, they were bestowed the gift that is the University of Arizona coming off of a bye, which will, I mean, they're, they're yeah. really, I, I, there is a very high probability that they're one and four going into that bye. I hope not. You know, I hope they, they jump up and, and whack a team or two. Um, but that likely is what the odds have. And then uh, after Arizona, and they do have the Beavs at home too, which could be um, a winnable game. But yeah, this is this is just a rough schedule for Colorado. 
Um, so if, if I'm a if I'm a Buffs fan, I'm I'm really going to be looking more at the development of the team rather than whether yep. or not they win those games. I mean, there's that old adage, right? Is of like of lose big, uh, lose little, win little, win big. And um, and yeah. they did more of the winning than losing <laughs> last year, uh, at least in some of the key games. So um, they may be ahead of schedule, but I, I think this is just this is just a tough one. I think this is one of the more difficult schedules in in the conference, to be frank. Yeah, and the the non conference in, in no way helps out Darrell this year, right? I mean, like there's just uh, I mean Minnesota's not a juggernaut, but man, A and M was really good <laughs> last year. I mean, Mons, you know, Mons not going to be back, but. You know, like uh, you still feel like, you know, Fisher's starting to figure things out a little bit in College Station. <laughs> I feel like we're we're going back and forth in terms of good schedule, bad schedule. Let's shift over here to the Arizona schools um, and start with ASU. I really like this schedule for ASU. I mean, this was a team that we really wanted to watch this past year and were able to in spurts, but obviously wrecked by COVID. And we've talked about all that stuff. So. I really do think the schedule sets up for, if this team, if this ASU team really is making the leap, um, the schedule sets up for them to, to really do it. Um, I think they really have a chance to uh, rack up a number of wins. And frankly, they, they could actually be the opposite of Colorado where they have more wins than maybe the talent, or um, there's, there's certainly a possibility where the talent matches the number of wins uh, either way. I think ASU fans should be really excited about the schedule that they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, I like a lot about the schedule, right? I mean, like they the the non conference builds up uh, really from like that, like it almost goes like a C. I don't know that UNLV counts counts as like a B game, and I don't know that BYU counts as an A game, but like extremely manageable non conference schedule. And then they get to start out with Colorado. I mean, like they really like if, if they're working out kinks, right? Like in and and you know the first four games, like they're in a decent spot there, right? Like with Colorado, they've got a 74% win probability. Like if you're ASU, I mean, like don't turn the ball over twice and you should win that game. Um, But then like, that's what like they, their next game is, is really kind of a biggie for them. I mean, against UCLA, right? Like that, um, that, that's the game that I think feel like depending on where, you know, and we expect the Bruins to be pretty good. um, You know, like it's it's going to be a measuring stick, I think. Particularly, I mean, if if like UCLA were to beat LSU, even though LSU wasn't great shakes this past year, um, you know, I feel like that would be a solid win for the conference. And uh, you know, UCLA, if they came in, you know, in that into that game undefeated against ASU, it's going to have some hype, you know, because ASU is likely going to be undefeated too. Um, and then you get Stanford, you know, like seventy six percent win probability there. The Utah game, again, roughly a toss-up. They've got a 48% win probability. Then you get a bye like, at a really nice time, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Oregon's rolled off the schedule, right? Like, their they're turn with the Ducks is over. So then you get Washington State. Um, you know, they've had some shootouts with the Cougars, you know, uh, you know, like uh, the game two years ago you know, stands out in my mind. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year. They've got a 72% win probability in that game. Um, you know, they're, they get USC at home. They've got a 58 win, you know, 58% win probability there. Now, again, like that's not like, that's close enough to like, if they just like USC might could, could be even on turnovers and, and really, you know, win that game on their own. Um, but like, what's interesting is like where Washington projects this year, not that far ahead of where ASU does, you know, like ASU in the past, if they had drawn, you know, Oregon and Washington on the same schedule. Like that's a real tough draw for them. 
this time, you know, like they're, you know, it's nearly a toss up. They've got a 45% win probability in that game, um, you know, against the Huskies. Like the ASU's made some pretty significant progress. And then, then they get to finish with a nice, I mean, rel- like relatively nice, easy Oregon State and uh, Arizona, you know, two games that they should, you know, likely win. Yeah, you never know what happens in Corvallis. That that's always a tricky spot. But like you know, if there's one road game that you want at the end of the year, um, getting the Beavs, I think is a, is a good call. Really, th- this schedule sets up if if they're going to win the South, they have a schedule to do it. Um, ASU, and if you're a fan, if you're a Sun Devil fan, that's that's pretty exciting. One other thing to mention here. So you mentioned the the Washington game. You mentioned the goodbye that they have. The other thing is that road game that they have at Utah. They have an extra day to prepare for that. They have a Saturday, a Friday game against uh, Stanford. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they have a little bit more time to kind of get their act together, um, which is great. I mean, like, look, it's it's an extra day. You know, I'm not a coach, but I know that those things matter for coaching staffs and teams and stuff. So really, there's just a lot of good stuff stuff here if you're an ASU fan um, to look forward to this year. I think the other thing here with ASU um, is uh, is they could be they could be like 6-0 and going into that Utah game. I don't think they are. I think they might drop one. Um, but really, the schedule lines up for that Utah game to be like a national like Fox tele- yeah. you know, TV event for everybody in the conference, which would be awesome. No, and it's going to be a big thing, right? Like who who is it, you know, among the, the four teams in the South that we think are sort of clustered at the top, like who, you know, who goes at least two and one in their three games against the other three, right? Like, um, and, and if you're ASU, like if you can start out, right? Like, you know, if you could even like, if they were to, to manage pulling off a win against Utah and you like, let's say they get to that by, I mean, if they were to manage to get to that by week undefeated, like they're playing with house money really at that point, right? Like, yes, you do have Washington still on the schedule and you have USC there, but you know, like, you know, the other, like Utah would still have Oregon on the schedule. I mean, they're like, they'd be in a, they'd be in a pretty good, like, I, I feel like they're in a pretty good spot, um, you know, with the schedule, like just don't like, it, but it is, it is going to feel like a tightrope, I think with all of these teams sort of clustered up there. Right. Like, cause it, at some level, like nobody's going to be good enough to run away with it. Right. But like, you know, you're really like your mistakes are going to come back to haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, it could be a big muddled mess there. Before we go to Oregon, one more thing. Like, ASU schedule, like, when I played NCAA football, um, I never, I always scheduled like this. Like, I never went after, like, the top teams. I would do, like, an FCS team and then an OK team and then, like, you know, a team that's ranked in the top 20. <laughs> and that's kind of, I didn't think BYU is going to be ranked in the top 20, but, like, the run-up of this schedule is very similar to, like, I would schedule an NCAA. So uh, a very yeah. manageable, manageable schedule for them. Um, on the other side, though, Rob, holy goodness, Arizona um, got the opposite end of the stick there. Uh, just a brutal schedule altogether early by. Oh, yeah. Um, even the home games they have are tough. They have Cal, Utah, UW. They have uh, Wazoo on the road on a Friday night. Like, this is just th- – this screams rebuilding – uh, like turned up to 11 with seven uh, exclamation points after it. Yeah, this could be really rough uh, for Arizona. I mean, I, you know, I, I think where beta rank has them projected is at the bottom, like towards more towards the bottom of what their distribution might be of actual outcomes. But that said, like, it's not like there's a ton of upside. <laughs> so, um, but like, it, this is really hard. I mean, you start off at, at Oregon, we were there the last time they played at Oregon. That was that was not a party. <laughs> I 
Yeah, we left it like the third. I mean, maybe, for, maybe for Oregon fans, but it was it was not a party for. Uh, I mean, there was a like Arizona's coaching staffs getting on a fight on the sideline. There's somebody um, that was like mocking us um, behind me, and I just turned around. And I'm like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> I felt like Toby in I the mean, office, where I'm like, yeah, "Michael, please yeah. stop." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have. Then you have the, then you get your buy. I mean, congratulations on that. So you get to lick your wounds and regroup, you know. Um, and then you you know then you've got UCLA, um, and that's that's going to be a tough. Like Beta Rank sees that as a very tough matchup. Roughly only a seven percent win probability right now for for Arizona in that game. Um, I mean, it's just hard. It, it is hard to see, um, you know, without a Dorian Thompson Robinson special like Arizona even hanging in that game. Um, yeah, their their next like their if you go through the schedule, their next I mean the best shot to win a game in the Pac-12 comes at Colorado. They've got a twenty percent chance to win that game. Um, that's not great, right? Like you probably need like maybe even three Colorado turnovers to 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 win and and be in that game. Um, and Arizona's got Washington and Oregon, so they get Washington. Um, they have a five percent chance to win that game. USC ten percent. I mean, Cal. I mean, by the standards of what we're talking about here, Cal like they've got a fourteen percent chance in that game. Um, Utah is likely going to be really rough for this team. I mean, they've got a seven percent. Um, you know, Washington State sixteen percent maybe. I don't know. I mean, the thing with this Arizona team, I mean, like, uh, you know, Beta Rank has them close to one expected win. Um, it's it's sort of like one of those ones that like in when you look at like over nine games, it's likely that somebody you know is going to show up and have a really bad game, right? Yeah. You know, one of Arizona's opponents might have a really bad game. I don't know who that is going to be, right? And if it is a team that is you know close enough to them, if you were talking about like, I mean, if you were going through this, you would say like Washington State, Cal, and Colorado. Those are all teams that like should, if they have a very bad day, could lose to Arizona, right? Yeah. Some of the other teams, I don't know that they're that close, right? But well, here's the problem: is like mathematically, it looks like they could win a game, right? Because if you add like, if the probability is 0.15, and there's you know, if there's nine yeah. games that are 0.15, then if you add them all up, they get to one. But the problem is, this team is is a wreck, and I don't think yeah. Oh, yeah. they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to win on the road. So even that game against Wazoo, they got to go to the Palouse on a Friday. Um, that Colorado game is a, is on the road in altitude. <laughs> so there there really is a world where they just don't win any of these games. But I, I do think that the one that I circled as the the highest likelihood was actually the Cal game at home, um, just because like going to Tucson and playing a a, a bad Arizona team. Um, oftentimes teams can lose focus because really there's not a lot at stake um, and it's hot and um, and actually the fan base can be okay. I don't think they're going to be okay this year. I don't think there's going to be anybody at the games, um, but but there is a reason why like Washington often lost in, in Arizona and in the desert. It's hot and it's just like a non-focus game. So I really do think it's going to be a home game, but re- even their home schedule is bad, Rob. I mean, it, just, it is what it is. It's going to be a bad year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like this, this looks like a real tough year. I, I just like, I mean, I think if you're an Arizona fan, um, you know, you should. Uh, this is as you alluded to earlier, the, and I think this is true of like full-on rebuilds. And let's not kid ourselves. This is a full-on rebuild. 
this is Jed Fish's loose big year, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I think I'm not the only one. There are people around the Pac-12 and around college football that are somewhat impressed with the the job Jed Fish has done putting together the coaching staff. I am, you know, like I think compared to where they were, I think they're in a better place. They're going to be bad. They're going to be horrendously bad this year. This is a lose big year as they try to redo the roster. Sure. Yeah. And one thing that I forgot to mention, that UCLA game off a of bye would be the other one where, um, you know, it's possible that they, they just jump up and, and punch and by punch UCLA in the mouth. I mean, they win with like three turnovers or something. So um, that certainly yeah. is one where they, they could win uh, too. But again, the, the odds are um, against that more than they are for it. But, um, hey, let, let's get into some teams that are interesting, which would be uh, UCLA and USC, and let's do it right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 schedules. We're going through the South. we got the North coming up here, too, on this podcast. Let's get to USC, Rob, because, uh, again, we were talking about teams that can compete in the Pac-12 South. Beta Rank has both USC and UCLA competing. Um, USC, right out of the gate, Stanford. They got that weird that, – that, I don't get that game. I guess it's probably because they have that Notre Dame game, and I think Stanford – Yes, it always, is. It's yeah. the, they both have Notre Dame on the schedule. Yeah, so they're always able to play that earlier. It's always so it's kind of a bummer because I really do like seeing the first three non-conference games before we get into conference play. So I always feel like you know week two Stanford USC we're not seeing both teams at their best, but it is what it is. So they they have that right out of the gate. Um, they're at Wazoo, which always gives me a little bit of pause, particularly USC that at times doesn't have the best of focuses on the road. Um, and then after that though, they just they have Utah, but they get them at home. Um, and then they have the bye before Notre Dame. This isn't a bad schedule. Um, it's it, and I think they could take care of Stanford early. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like USC in this game against Stanford, right? I mean, they have a good shot. I mean, San Jose State is is no pushover, I think, with Brennan, but um, you know, like they should they should take care of them in that game. And Stanford, they have. I mean, <laughs> you and I. You and I were watching the Stanford game. Remember that game we went to where Arizona played Houston in like the most god awful, <laughs> yeah, the worst football. game ever. I mean, just the worst. Like it's like <laughs> it was. It was like a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity in the in the middle. They're like, let's play this game in the middle of the day in Houston in August. <laughs> and and we were watching USC and Stanford uh, that night as we were desperately trying to rehydrate and eating uh, Tex Mex in Houston. Um, but Stan, like I, USC should handle the Stanford team. I, I think USC's defense did improve uh, last year. They weren't great, but they improved off of what they had been the year before. Stanford's defense is still bad. USC's got a 72% win probability in this game. I mean, you really like them uh, there. And then, and then like you get Washington State. That one's like projects a little like Beta Rank's not high on Stanford coming into this year. Just FYI, y'all. Like um, um, Washington State. You know they've got a sixty-three percent win probability there. They they really actually start out with a lot of their you know crossover games from the north to start out, um, and because they miss USC is scheduled to miss, um, and we knew this 
years in advance. So this was this was apparently a surprise to some people on Twitter. They acted like it was a big reveal. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, the conference is favoring USC. I'm like, no, no, we knew this was happening. So Washington and Oregon roll off their schedule this year. Um, and so they have a, for where they're at, they have a, a real solid setup. And they, they start out with Stanford, Washington State, and then Oregon State. Those are all games that they should win. But like all of those are games, though, that as we talked about, like if USC were to go out there and lay an egg, um, you know, like they, they would lose, right? Like, and, and across those, you know, across those three games, you know, you're really only talking about still, um, you know, roughly, you know, about, about they, they're expected to win two games out of that, go two and one, um, like, you know, but you know, if, if they can beat their projections and we always talk about this, you see, they have the talent to like, they, they, they could go undefeated down that stretch. Yeah, they could. I just, um, if the wheels fall off for Helton, it's going to be at the end of the year, right? They have Notre Dame, and then they have, they're at ASU, at Cal, and then UCLA at home. So that that is a little bit of a treacherous uh, stretch if yeah. USC doesn't have his act together. Right, and, and a lot of these, like, there, there's going to be some close games, right? I mean, like that, that Utah game, you know, they've got a 37% win probability in that game. You know, then you get your bye week, which is nice. They get Notre Dame. Notre Dame actually, like people are acting like Notre Dame's going to be some juggernaut this year. The Irish are are going to be replacing some losses. Um, you know, and, and they, you know, the Baderink has that game as a toss up um, for USC. Um, you know, but then like you get the night, like you almost get a second bye week with Arizona. Um, but then it really like like I feel like the their schedule too, like as you said, like down the stretch there. Um, it's going to turn for them. Like they, they are going to have to, they're going to have to beat Cal that they only have 55% win probability in that game. And then they've got the Bruins, you know, and they have a 39% win probability there, you know, like it, that game may end up not being as, you know, UCLA may end up being like a paper juggernaut. And maybe we just, you know, um, what we saw from them in the pandemic year, is ephemeral and doesn't translate, but they, they look, I mean, particularly with the defensive improvement they had last year, they looked better minus just a ton of turnovers. Um, so this is, I mean, USC doesn't not, I mean, I think a lot of people have USC really pegged as like maybe the favorite coming into the, this year, um, you know, because of, uh, what the, the way their schedule lays out without not having Oregon or Washington really, I think still top to bottom, from a recruiting standpoint, having the most talented roster in the Pac-12 South. Um, but, you know, so we still have the questions. I mean, like, you know, how much does the defense improve this next year um, under Orlando? And, and, you know, where do they sit? Like, I mean, they, they could easily they could easily beat this and just cruise through not having Washington. Like, that's the thing with USC. Like, they're up, their potential upside combined with not having Oregon and Washington on the schedule, like, could be really good right and it could it could end up being a one horse race very early i mean we'll see it could but i mean utah schedule is pretty good asu schedule is pretty good so um you know like asu doesn't have oregon and who knows how yeah. good washington's going to be this year i mean i know their defense will be good but um you know washington has has been beatable in the last couple of years and um you know so it's not like it's not like they're playing you know like bama and yeah. oregon I, I just think that there's um, it's it makes it more difficult for ASU, but it doesn't make it impossible. But yeah, I I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, and then when you flip it over and we talk about UCLA, I mean, 
again, the 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 scheduling gods, <laughs> what they do for one side of the those paired groups, they don't do for the other side. I think this is a tough. Um, I think it's a bit tough. Now, UCLA gets two buys because they have that Washington game to start. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, but but they do have a late buy later in the year. Um, you know, they're at Stanford. They have ASU. Um, but they, they do go to uh, Washington and to Oregon and then at Utah. So I just, I mean, man, uh, there there are a lot of obstacles in the way for UCLA to, to really compete, I think, at the top of this uh, division. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Bruins coming this year. It's a tough schedule. Like there, there's no bones about it. I mean, they even on like the twelve game schedule that you have here, you know, they project almost a full game lower than uh, for their expected win total than ASU and Utah, right? Uh, in the total wins, um, they're right there, not far behind ASU and Utah uh, in the expected wins. But the big difference, as we talked about, is that they have. They have Washington and they have Oregon on the schedule, um, you know, the, this year. And then, you know, on top of that, like then they get to follow up the Washington, Oregon, uh, you know, sandwich by going to Utah. Right. Like that's real tough. Um, like they, you know, they do have that game against USC. They, 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 they finish their schedule kind of. I mean, they have to the buy. Then you get Colorado a game. You expect them to win. Then you get USC and then you get Cal. You know, again, but again, for like, if you're UCLA, I mean, they, they project to go basically two and one uh, on those last three games. Um, and there's, there's some toughies. I mean, they really, they really do need to come out and they, they need to take care of business against Stanford. Um, that toss up game, they really, they, like they, they, uh, I think for them, it's going to be important for UCLA, that game against Arizona state, that game against Utah, because UCLA has Washington and Oregon on the schedule they need to hand out losses like in their head to head matchups. If they're going to stay with it in the South race, they need to make sure that like when they play ASU, they hand ASU a loss. And the same thing goes for Utah. Um, I think if they, if they drop one of those games, it's going to be hard for them because Washington, I mean, it's a tell like they're slightly favored against the Huskies, but um, it's it's basically a toss up game. That Oregon game, they they've only got a 26% win probability, right? Like, they they are going to need to hand out a loss uh, to their opponents when they to their to the other contenders I think to stick in it. Um yeah, and my apologies. I had said that the Oregon game was on the road. It's at home, uh, but it is at Washington or uh, Oregon at home, and then at Utah. So that is uh, that is a hell of a little run there for UCLA. But like you mentioned at the end, Colorado at home, USC on the road, and then Cal. And then, uh, you know, UCLA against uh, USC, sometimes they're blowout, sometimes they're close, you know. So um, it, it is it's just an interesting schedule, but it, it's one that, um, you, you know, this is this is why I'm not as big of a believer in UCLA, um, A, because Odigazoo is gone, but also um, I just I just don't really trust uh, UCLA. <laughs> and then when you take a look at the schedule, they're both uh, they're both pretty rough. So I don't know. Any, yeah. any last things on them? No, I mean, I think they definitely have the tougher road to get there, right? I just, I, I mean, if if they really are not a, a you know, a paper tiger, you know, if, if it works out, uh, you know, for them, then, you know, they're like, I, I still think the schedule's tough enough that, like I said, like, they're they're not, not only can they not drop an unexpected game, right? Like, they, they can't go out and lose to Stanford or lose to Arizona or something, God forbid. Um, but the, like I said, like they, they've got to, they've got to hand out some losses, I think, to, to the other contenders, like maybe more so, I think, than even like Utah or Arizona State has to. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to um, kick your teams while you're down <laughs> to climb up to the top, man. You got to step on those heads. Um, you know, Rob, we're, we're at about 45 minutes. We've gone through the South. I think for the sake of our listeners, you know, putting together an hour and 45 minute podcast on the schedule might be a little rough. So let's yeah. let's hit pause here and then we'll go through the North here next week um, and uh, and make sure to, to get that down. Um, anything else we should cover here today? I mean, at, at one point, Rob, we, we do. I so very, very much want to talk about the Arizona basketball scandal <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I really like I think we should like at once the full notice of allegations, which I think is you we were talking about a little before and you were talking about like it's expected to come out um, and they, they're going to have to, you know, release it um, to the public. Let's do it. And I mean, I think. You know, Sean Miller's contract situation is interesting, too. I mean, I, I say that as in, like, I think a lot of it's interesting for Arizona fans. It's also interesting for other fans around the conference who I also think want the NCAA to stick it to Arizona and Sean Miller. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I tweeted this out, but, like, the fact that Arizona is getting up in arms, uh, you know, defending a coach that's made it to the Sweet 16 one time in the last five years kind of highlights the trajectory of that program. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I just I really want Arizona to be good because um, it's been a premier program in basketball, the Pac-12, and very similar to USC, where I want USC to be really good because um, it'll be good for the conference and it just raises the bar for everybody. So, um, And I do think Arizona has the resources and the ability to attract a good coach. Um, one, of the, one of the big pushbacks I always get when I complain about Miller, it's like, whoa, like, who else are you going to bring? Uh, you know, like Chris Mack signed at Louisville. Uh, after after Rick Pitino had like strippers and got fired for not the strippers portion, but for another allegation. Um, so I, I do think that like premier programs have resources to bring in good coaches. And there's just a really long history of, of resources. And, um, and basketball is king in Tucson. It's a little different for some of the other programs. Like USC would be a good example of like, it'd be really hard for USC to recruit a basketball coach when, when football really is um, is the bread and butter of, of that university. And just the history isn't there for, for that USC program. So don't mean to pick on USC. There's a lot of, a lot of programs like that where uh, football is king and basketball is secondary. So Anyway, that is for another day. Um, we at Wildcat Radio we covered this at length. So anytime people come at us like, "Oh, what do you think about this?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we recorded literally 12 hours of podcasts, like so me- many hours, meticulously going through all of the allegations and solutions and all that stuff." So if, if you're, um, if if you get a little frustrated, go back and listen. I think we handled it actually pretty fairly um, in in regards to where Arizona is. So, uh, but that is for another podcast. Uh, anything else we should uh, we should touch on here, Rob? No, I, th- I think we're good. It's been a, it's been a quiet news week for for the Pac-12 and, and football, I think. And uh, but I'm excited because like, man, spring practice is going to start soon. That is so wild. Like, isn't it weird to see like division was a division two football? Or there, there's like football on. I, I I've been so busy. It's FC, up FCS football is is on right now. Nice. Um, in another world, that would be our other podcast. But uh, that is another alternate universe uh much like the spider-verse so that, that would be like the uh the porky the pig spider-man for us <laughs> we'd be covering like big sky football like <laughs> and we would do it well dang it uh right on okay guys well uh thanks for tuning in send us any questions our way um the next podcast we're going to put up will be uh the pact old north schedule but like you you know right now we, we ended about 40 15 minutes early we did about 45 minutes total um so we'll have some time for questions so if you want to send them you can send them to uh 12 pack radio at one two pac radio on twitter uh rob where can people send their questions your way 
Uh, you can find me at, at uh, Beta uh, Rank FB on uh, Twitter or at Sharp College Football. Uh, and I'm pumped because, like, I I think I'm just gonna like muscle through without the schedule file as the the, the quasi knuckleheads I buy the data from uh, get the schedule figured out. I will. Uh, I'm gonna start the the preview videos on Monday, and we're gonna start from the top ten, counting down to one, uh, and we're actually starting with Texas. So. It is the ever present question of is Texas back? <laughs> it will never, never end. Uh, and I, I'm sure Sark, it's going to be the same thing, man. Like, it's going to be fun. I mean, it'll be fun to talk about. I mean, Sark and Kwiatowski, like, I mean, they, they're certainly not starting from, uh, from, from square one as far as coordinators go. Goodness. Yeah, that is very true. Um, cool. We'll keep a lookout for that on Sharp College Football and then in our YouTube page, uh, Sharp College Football, um, where those will be posted. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week.